Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast, episode number eight. I'm speaking with Chelsea today of A Dash of Chels on Instagram. She's a fellow hat lover, content creator, and fashionista that works with some pretty incredible brands like McDonald's, Neutrogena, local boutiques and stores, and she's really breaking it down how she works with these brands, how they collaborate on content, and what she thinks is going to be the future of social media marketing. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Enjoy this episode. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, everybody. Design Lab kind of Friday. I have Dash of Chels with me here. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram. We just had a great conversation a little bit about your whole journey with your Instagram account and now to working with brands and partnerships and also about getting over some like anxiety and hangups about kind of creating the perfect post or the perfect caption or having a voice on things that could be maybe misconstrued or misunderstood, which is right. such a worthy topic, especially right now. But I want to spend some time on this live in the Facebook group to talk about what the process looks like and how to work with brands. Um, you said you first started off really locally, which is a great way to start. But I'm really curious, just because I'm nosy as shit, it's like to know um, when you approach a brand or when a brand approaches you, what does that process look like and kind of what is your creative thinking behind how you you proceed on that project. Yeah, yeah. So if a brand reaches out to me, um, we just start the conversation. Even, they kind of give me a brief, um, like, creative overview of what they're looking for and possibly compensation if that's involved. And it's very brief. I mean, they just kind of want to – they're reaching out to see if you're even interested. And if I am, I'll reply. Um Sometimes I do negotiate with compensation because for me, it's, I mean, it's a lot of work. And if I think that, you know, maybe the compensation, you know, that's being offered isn't enough, I will try to negotiate it. And I just think that goes back to what I value my content to be worth. And it's different for everyone. And if they, you know, it's okay if the negotiation, you know, it, it could go south or it could go great. Like they could accept it or they could not. And I guess if they don't, it just depends on what the collaboration is, whether or not I'll accept it. I will say most of the times I'm pretty flexible. I'll work with, you know, if they have a certain budget, that's the max. I get that. And sometimes I will just say yes. But most of the time my negotiations, I would say work. But like I said, just make sure you are valuing your work to the fullest. Do not doubt yourself. Do not put any sort of you know negativity into what you think you're worth because i struggled with that in the beginning like oh is this really worth that or you know i'll is this six hours worth of work that i've had to you know take the photos edit them post them content creation emailing back and forth with the brand manager was that worth what i received and not that i've had bad ex a ton of bad experiences at all i've had 
probably mainly all positive, great experiences with brands, but I just want to put that out there because I know I struggled with valuing my work really a lot. So value yourself and your work. And so it starts off with that. If I accept their proposal, we get straight to work. I get a deadline of when the content for approval needs to be submitted. So in the beginning, I didn't get a lot of like needed, like necessary approval from the brand. Most of the time they just say post by this date, this is what needs to be in the caption, like hashtags, tags on the brand, et cetera. But lately, I'd say in the last nine months, I always have to have my content approved, which is understandable, but it does add to the process. So you email your content back with your suggested caption, with your hashtags, um, pre-recorded stories as well, which is kind of a newer thing to me. I Yeah. Like in the past, I have not had to pre-record. I could usually just do it the day I posted. Um, but I guess it's handy to have it pre-recorded, you know, everything's ready to go by the date they want to post it by. So I do think it has helped with the flow of work, but in the, at the same time, it's still just kind of like a lot to do before you post the content. I mean, it's hours worth of work usually. So, you know, you get your content approved. Sometimes they have changes. Um, they want it a certain way. You, you word something uh, incorrectly and not that it's a, like a crazy amount of changes, but they can have they can't have changes to your work. And it's not usually the imagery, it's usually just captions. But um, with McDonald's, for example, I had that great idea of like a date night, um, playing board games, which is something we, we actually do. Like John and I love to play board games. But I had had a life game board, which you can see in like the photos straight on of like us, like there's a game board and like that's kind of what the McDonald's is sitting on. But then I had Chris help me with a photo like overhead of like the McDonald's. Like it was basically just a product shot of McDonald's on the life game board. And they nixate it. They were like, nope, like can't have that. Mainly because yeah. it had life, but you couldn't really see the brand. Like you would know that it's the board game life, but it didn't have like the word life anywhere in the image. So I was like kind of shocked that they like, cause it was a great image of the fries. It was a great image of the hamburger. So it's kind of, you know, a work in progress with the brand manager to make sure that it is exactly what they want. I would say that you have to have it approved because they send it to lawyers to make sure that especially during a time like the last three months with COVID, um, Black Lives Matter, they want to make sure that it is to a T what they want and not off the charts. So, right. Which I think is a good thing. I think it's no, a, great it thing is a good thing. thing. And the thing that we have to remember too, is like these brands have marketing budgets and really right. hiring or, or collaborating with an influencer is just a reallocation of money that they would have spent otherwise on marketing. So they're saving a ton of money by actually investing in influencers than they would probably with traditional marketing. Um, So I think what you're bringing up is like really kind of peeling back the curtain on how much work goes into this, right? So you get that brand and it's not the consumer's point of view, the person that follows you, their exposure to what your brand partnership is, is pretty much that post, right? or those stories, right. but they're not seeing like hours and hours and hours and hours of back end. And like you're saying, like negotiations and contracts and approvals and blah, 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 all this stuff to get to that same end point. Right. That's what's kind of crazy about the whole thing. And I think what the, the challenge and the real craft, like the art of it is, is doing that in a way that still comes off authentic. I think you do this really seamlessly. Like it was so actually difficult for me to go through your Instagram and pick out which ones were the sponsored posts versus the, like just your regular posts. And that's, I think a sign of a job really well done because it does have that like seamless feel. So if somebody 
gets a brand partnership, for example, I think you and I have both seen examples of like it being done poorly, where it feels right. super spammy and super advertising. Um, right. What are kind of your suggestions for writing the, the content that goes along with the photography that not only hits the brand's, the brand's uh, requirements, but still kind of stays true to your voice and true to your tone? Right. Well, I think I can even maybe relate this to a post that I had like not that long ago, maybe about nine months ago it was a sponsored post. And I kind of got a, not backlash necessarily. It was just some feedback from close friends and family. Like they'll say it to me in person, like, what was that post all about? Like, that's not your typical um, content. And I couldn't say no to this brand because what they stood for and the creative brief they sent over and like I have, I have used the brand before. I just couldn't say no to this project. So I took it on. It was a difficult post. It was for oil. And I I used the oil, actually. My dad uses the oil. But translating that and actually knowing that I did use the product and I'm not just trying to sell you oil uh -huh. was really complicated. And so I think how I tried my best to translate it authentically was relating it back to my real life. Like, I'm not trying to just sell you this oil. I actually use this. I'm shooting with my husband. He helps me change it. My dad helps me change it. Like, this is the oil we'd like to use. So right. I think it's just like, if it had been any other company, maybe I still would have done it. Maybe I wouldn't. But knowing that I actually do use this oil, I mean, maybe it didn't come off as authentically as I wanted it to, but right. sometimes you just can't say no. And I think just staying true to your caption as much as possible and relating it back to your actual life and how you use the product helps as much as it can. I mean, there are, there are just some sponsorships that might look spammy to people. So, and I try my best not to, I think after that one, I kind of realized maybe that's not so much my niche, but the funny thing was they were just trying to expand, you know, to other demographics other than mechanics you know they wanted to share this with families and people right. and women who change their oil so i kind of that's why i took it on but people were like chelsea you never post about your car or oil what right <laughs> like I, <laughs> hey you gotta change your oil everyone's gotta do it so yeah and you can kind of see where that that disconnect would be right so like now moving forward in your partnerships you can decide like okay do i really want to be like the one-stop shop for all the lifestyle stuff or do i want to do just right. fashion or skincare or food or whatever like right. i think those are the kind of things that kind of come with with trial and error right so yes. um i did a partnership with like a sunglasses company but they just sent me products like i didn't get to select the sunglasses Oh, so now okay. I'm like on the hook for posting about these sunglasses that I don't even like. And so that one yeah. is one where I'm just like, oh man, I should have paid a little bit more attention. So now if it is a product-based business, I want to make sure that the product is something that I would actually use and wear because otherwise it does. It comes off flat and it comes off as like, okay, cool. I got like free sunglasses, but they're not right. like what I want. It sounds like so. It kind of can sound kind of snotty. But the point is to be of a place where I am concerned with, with what I communicate and on my live, I did an Instagram live yesterday, two days ago. So I was doing a little process. I was doing my live. I had my, I figured out, I like jerry rigged this setup where I put like a mirror next to my computer. So you could like see, I had my phone on the tripod. So you could see my, my laptop, but then you could also see the reflection of me talking over it, right? And like, oh, okay. kind of like a really lo-fi frame in frame scenario, right? right. Um, so that's what I had set up. And as soon as I started the live, I got this spam account on my Instagram comments going, do you want free product? 
was like, no, I was like, I don't really know. I'm not really interested. But also that's like kind of weird to just like show up on someone's live and start like slinging product at them. It's like that's, and the account name was like ozair.freebies1. Like really like you're up to no good for sure, right? right. Like, mm, not really interested. And I kind of explained my whole philosophy of how I work with brands. Like they have to be brands that align with my values or products or services that I already use or something that like they have kind of, this is the greater like social consciousness, right? Like they're engaging right. with the community. They take a stand on political issues. Like those are kind of the brands that I want to align myself with. Right. So this person, I said, no, I'm not really interested in your product. And then they go, I said, also, it's just like kind of weird to get on someone's live and just start trying to give them products. I was like, I've never interacted with your account before. And then the account responded in my comments, like, ooh, you think that that I'm weird? You're here sitting, like you can't even use a webcam with your mirror set up, like started like coming for me in the comments. And I was like, uh, guys, I was like, this is very, I was like, does anyone else think this is weird? So the other people watching the live are like, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird. And then, and then the comment goes, you guys, I'm her ex. She's, and I was like, what? I was like, absolutely no. I was like, everyone, group activity, stop what you're doing. We need to go report this account. This is not okay. Like, I've never seen this person. I've never talked to this person before. Bizarre. That is so Instagram. Crazy, right? And it's like stuff like that that just drives me bonkers because like you and I are out here working hard, putting in effort, putting in time, putting in energy to actually making it useful and valuable for people. And then there's just these like spam accounts that come in like ruin, ruin shit. So I'm wondering, we kind of talked on Instagram briefly about where we think like the future of Instagram is going. Where do you think the future of Instagram is headed? And also like, what are some of your pet peeves about the app that you just like wish you had like a direct line to Instagram be like, yo, can you fix this? <laughs> oh my gosh. I have like a long list of pet peeves with Instagram, but um, as far as where Instagram is going and influencers, I, again, I think that influencer marketing is booming as much as we probably don't think it is just because of all that's happening in the world right now but all those marketing budgets that they had for events and you know tv and whatnot the traditional marketing channels they have cut those and now have given it to influencers or at least attempting to in my opinion so i think that influencer marketing is still very much there and i think that branding yourself you know authentically and how you want to be seen by brands definitely helps you get those paid sponsorships. But also on the flip side of that, I think I kind of touched on this on Instagram, but in five years, I can't say that influencers will still be getting paid for sponsorships. Um, I would love if that was the case, but you know, social media is ever evolving. I mean, we have seen TikTok just literally blow up overnight it feels like you know we heard about it maybe a year or two ago and no one was really using it it was more for like preteens and the younger younger generation and right. then all of a sudden everybody is on tiktok brands are influencers are mom and dads are like it's the fun place to be on the internet right now and sponsorships are starting to translate to tiktok so i do think that marketing is ever evolving with influencers and i can't say professionally where i think it'll be in five years but i hope it is still working with influencers in some way maybe it'll be a new form of social media that we don't even know exists yet that's kind of where i always go in the future is like maybe there's gonna be a new channel or a new app that everybody's gonna love 
That was yeah, fun. I I kind of oscillate between like being really optimistic about the future of social media marketing and then also being terrified. Of it. Right. <laughs> because like even the difference between Instagram Live and TikTok Live, which you should experiment with as well, because I've been okay. doing both kind of on and off for the last like two or three weeks. And because I do my logo design process, right? Like it's yes. for me, I've gotten to the point in my business where it's a better use of my time to just flip on my camera and show live while I'm working because then I can be right. doing my marketing and my work at the same time. It's like right. a good little double dip, which I would recommend to you as well as you're doing photo editing or collage or anything like that. Yeah. And it's great because I get to have conversation with people while I work it makes it feel a lot less lonely. But the right. difference between TikTok and Instagram and Instagram Live, Instagram Live caps you at an hour and then it kicks you off and so it's like, go do something else. TikTok Live, there is no time limit to TikTok Live. So if I'm working on a logo wow. for three hours, uh, I've left it on for like three hours before and it's wild. And the thing about TikTok is it's a Chinese owned company and Chinese owned, Chinese social media apps are really big into live streaming. Like live streaming is like the cam girl kind of, cam girl is an extreme. But people who live broadcast a lot more of their lives in Asian countries than we do even in, in the US. Right. Um, so these live streams go on for forever, but people can send you money through your live. What? So they can send little gifts or tokens. So it's like right. their game side and you can collect tokens and then you can cash out on those tokens. That's so I made awesome. a whopping 30 cents by going live on TikTok. Okay, hey, 30 cents is 30 cents. But if we're talking about the monetization of, of social media platforms, like Instagram has a very clear channel through influencers, right? And branded partnerships. TikTok has this whole backend like wallet platform, which is mind blowing and also terrifying. Right. And then we throw that in also with like YouTube monetization and commercials and everything like this. Like it's just constantly evolving, which is wildly exciting, but so overwhelming. Right. <laughs> it's so scary. I mean, and like I kind of touched on this and on Instagram, this is like a side hustle. It is kind of more of a main side hustle, if you will. Like I do take it pretty seriously because I love it and it's my passion as well. And this is for your business. So that yeah. is kind of crazy too. But on the flip side of that, full-time influencers, this is their only gig. And you know, the ones with a hundred K, one million, the big time influencers, what are they gonna do when it's no longer here? What are they gonna do when money runs out for influencers? That's what's like, oh yeah. But the thing is, is like the ones that are good and like really are bringing value to the table, I think have already like wisened up a bit and started funneling people elsewhere. So like right. having an email list, having a blog, which I know you do as well, like having another place for people to get that same kind of information or that same relationship with you, I think is really important because so you're just important. diversifying all of it, right? Oh, yes, for sure. And I think a lot of those bigger influencers have taken a really smart move and, you know, made kind of a brand of their own as far as like mm -hmm. clothing lines, sunglasses, apps, presets, like they've taken what they think is going to succeed for their followers. It usually does and just ran with it. And I think that is so smart. And I think it gets to a certain point, depending how big you are on Instagram, where it has to go there or else you might be scared once it's no longer there. So. Right. And you've started doing this right with your keychain business. Can you yes. tell us about the keychains? Yes. So I did the keychains. I started making keychains during quarantine because I was like going out of my mind. I was like, you know, I couldn't really make a lot of content. I mean, I could make it at home like everybody else was, but like, I'm really big on like shooting at places, going out, doing my creative side with 
Chris, my photographer. So I was at home a lot and I love to craft. I'm a big time sewer, DIYer, love all the crafting. And I started just, I looked, not looked up necessarily, but I saw these keychains. And actually I think on TikTok, they were kind of like a lot of people were making them. And I will say I was terrible at first at making them. And whoever bought my first maybe 10 keychains, I am so sorry. And please let me send you another one because they are probably not as good as what I've made now. Like it really is um, something you kind of just have to go. Oh my goodness. Do you guys hear this thunder that is going on? That's thunder. I was going to say my dog is crying in his crate. So I'm, I'm moving a little. I'm so sorry. It's like scaring me. I've never heard thunder this loud in my lifetime. No, I'm having such a storm. I know. I'm like, this is scary. And it has to be during my life, but um, I donate. So I did the keychains, and I'm big on giving back like whenever I can, whether it's through making something and donating or just donating straight up money. Like I am, especially with animals, misfits, one of my favorite local animal rescues where we rescued Lucy from. Anyway, I'm big on donating. So what I decided when I made these keychains is that I was going to donate a dollar to the McDonald House Charities, a really near and dear organization to my heart. But after thinking like what's like, all through June, I think what I'm going to start doing, and this live kind of inspired me to, is like if you purchase a keychain, your donation can go wherever it wants to go. Oh, so, heck yeah. Yeah. If if anyone purchases one, which I'm just now announcing this on this live, so I guess if you're watching, this is the announcement. But if you right. purchase a keychain, your donation can go wherever you want it to, and I'll make that happen. But I have like new styles coming out. I'm like trying to decide if I need a website. It's another just fun yeah. hobby that I've made into a side hustle. Totally. And it's those are the little things that like I've found people will want to support you because you've provided value to them over a long amount of time. Yes. Like and you've done that and you've cultivated a community and you've created a space where people who are like-minded come to you. Like you were saying before, like you're kind of the it girl of your friend group of like knowing the best restaurants and the best bars and the best um boutiques and like cool events that are happening and like that's a value people find value in that and it's super community building so why wouldn't they want to support you even if it's in a tiny way of buying one of your keychains and then it becomes like a conversation thing right then they're at happy hour with their friends so like oh my gosh i love your keychain you say yeah this girl i follow on instagram she makes them the coolest photos and like it becomes a whole connection point right so i think the more opportunities to do that kind of stuff the better and i would love to see more of your process of making those keychains I know. And I think that's what I need to do. I mean, like I said, I kind of was inspired by people on TikTok who were making similar items. I mean, they're making trays, coasters, all sorts of cool things. And that kind of inspired me to dabble in the keychain aspect. And I think you are right on track and inspired me that I need to get on TikTok more. I, okay. I kind of, I think cool. I started off too personal with my videos. Like they're not, um, I just trying to be a goofball and maybe not so much provide um content creation slash value to my followers and i think that's what i need to do and with the keychains it's a great start yeah it's the same it's the same um what am i trying to say with tiktok to approach it as you would your instagram right so although it's a different platform with different specifications and like it's not really the same game um if you create curated content that's high quality high value then like the followers come very naturally and very seamlessly and the great thing is is they trickle over to your instagram which has been hugely helpful for me um my tiktok account is like just about to hit 50k which is wild Mm-hmm. I know when you started your TikToks and, you know, t- started talking about your followers trickling over to Instagram and how your videos were blowing up on the Explore 
or the for you page on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was like, this girl has got it going on. She she knows what's up. So, oh, my sister has completely surpassed me. My sister's almost at a hundred thousand followers. She's booked destination wow. weddings from TikTok. I I'd say actually I looked at it the other day. Fifty percent of my clients this year have come from TikTok. Wow, mm-hmm. that is truly amazing. And I think maybe you. Maybe we need to do a whole TikTok live about TikTok crash course. Or you need to teach us. Yeah, I have, I have a training on my website, a TikTok training. It's 30 minutes and it's a video training. And then I have a workbook as well. But I need to do another live training because now I've already doubled my following since the last time I did a training. And also quarantine has happened. But I actually yeah. stopped posting on TikTok because I like I was like, whoa, I need to pump the brakes because it was getting like a lot. So I need to get back on my game and like take my own advice and be consistent about my posting and start yeah. engaging again. So it's on my list. But... Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? How can they buy the keychains if they're interested? And where can we see you do some lives? Yes. So you guys can follow me pretty much on every platform, a dash of Chels, Instagram, Facebook. My website is a dash of Chels.com. I'm on Twitter as well. Um, TikTok, also a dash of Chels. So find me there. I sell my keychains on Instagram. Right now I'm just using Venmo because I've just found it to be easiest and no one has... Um, not wanted to purchase one through Venmo, but I'm working on a website slash Etsy, trying to figure out what's best for the keychains. But I would love website. to make one for you and for one to be, you know, a donation to go to the organization of your choice. And yeah, I would love to connect and get to know you more. So come hey, let's definitely chat about I'm definitely going to hit you up in the DMs. Definitely do it through your website because Etsy will not give you as much money for it. Um, oh, I know for sure. So if you do it through your own website, then you completely control your inventory, your traffic, you get all the analytics. Yes. Girl, you can do sw- I know. I need to switch over. I'm just using, you're going to probably like slap me through the camera for this, but I'm still just using <laughs> Blogger. I'm still just using Blogger.com. So I need to switch over to like Shopify or Squarespace or something like that. Everybody starts start somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. know. And this was, Blogger has done me well. So I don't want to say any yeah. bad things about Blogger. It's a great starting oh. space, but time to grow. Totally, totally cool. Well, we'll definitely keep tabs on you, of course. And I, like I said, I'll DM you right after this. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And I feel like I missed this opportunity to do your cool duotone hair on your illustration. Oh, I should have no. done that. No, I love the picture you did, and oh. it was turned out. I got so many DMs. People love it. Sweet, sweet, awesome. Well, thanks so much, and have a good rest of your Friday. Thank and you. thank everybody for watching uh, this episode of Design Live. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.